It sure is a beautiful day for an election. Isn't it though? I love election day. It's so exciting. You can you can feel democracy in the air. Think about how many people fought for the right to vote. The Revolutionary War. Women's suffrage. The Civil Rights Movement. Laura, I think about it all the time. And don't forget about the people all around the world that are still fighting for fair elections. Oh, we sure are lucky. Tell me about it. I like to think that every election day is a new country being born. Every four years we get to overthrow the government. We get to have a revolution without a war. You're a true patriot. I mean, sure, there are problems. Like what? Well, campaign finance for one. The amount of money spent on political advertising is the best predictor of who wins and who loses. That doesn't sound very democratic. Oh, it's not. But if the public knew more about how the government works, maybe it would be harder to buy their votes with ad dollars. If only, if only. Hey Laura, do you ever wonder what happens to your ballot after you leave the ballot box? I don't really think about it. Well, you should. The government puts a lot of effort into making sure your vote gets counted. That's why, on today's Special Elections Eve episode of The Sausage Makers, we're going to follow a vote from voter registration all the way to declaring a winner. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to The Sausage Makers, a show about government, policy, and the folks who run the country. I'm your host, Zach Goderer-Cohen. Before we jump into our pre-election special, just some quick housekeeping. First, I wanted to thank you guys for listening. Democracy is too beautiful a thing to take for granted, and the best way to appreciate the country we live in is by understanding it. The next best way is by voting, so make sure you do that. Check out the show notes for resources that'll help you cast your ballot and tell you a little bit more about the process in your state. Second, I want to thank in particular K-Man Jelly, who left us a lovely review on iTunes. Reviewing the show on iTunes and Stitcher is the best way to help us get this show out to more people, and the bigger the audience gets, the more fun we can have. Also, I don't just want to be talking to a brick wall here, guys. I'm doing this show for you, so let me know what you want to talk about. Give us a call at 4233-SSG-MKR. That's 4233-377-4657. And leave us a message with your questions or comments. Who knows, you might end up on the show. 423-377-4657. You can also tweet your questions and comments to us at sausage underscore makers. If you want to comment on a particular episode, go to our website, sausagemakersshow.com you can also find the show notes for the episodes there all right enough of that let's get down and dirty we're gonna follow laura's ballot from start to finish so laura what's your first step first i have to be registered to vote that's right thanks to the national voter registration act of 1993 also known as the motor voter law no matter what state you live in you can register to vote at your local dmv But I thought every state made their own election laws. Yeah, they do, and every state is different. But Motor Voter sets some minimum standards. It only applies to 44 states and Washington, D.C. What about the other six states? Uh, Well, they have laws that make it really easy to vote, so they exceeded the standards anyway. 
In Idaho, Minnesota, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming, there are either no requirements to register, or you can register right there on election day at your polling place. Other than DMV registration, what did Motor Voter require states to do? Uh, it also made it so that you can register by mail, and so that you can register at certain government offices like disability and welfare offices. I don't remember if I'm registered. That's okay, just go to vote.org, scroll down to check registration status, and fill in your info. Just confirm your address, and... It says, our records show that Laura the Robot is registered to vote. And that's my current address. I'm practically giddy. Well, great. Then you're all set. Let's go to your polling place. You know where that is? Let me check. Okay, Google, where is my polling place? Great, where to vote. Enter the complete street address of where you are registered to find out where you can vote. I just put in my address and hit enter. Yep, that's all. And it looks like you'll be casting your ballot at the local elementary school. Let's go. Zach, I have a question. Sure, what's up? What's the point of the Electoral College? Shouldn't it be one person, one vote, and whoever has the most votes wins? Yeah, that's a great question. Alright, so one of the better reasons is that the results of a popular vote are more likely to be very close than the results of an Electoral College. In an election, a tie would be very, very bad. Even a really close election would be very, very bad. That's just about the only scenario that would make it hard for a peaceful transition of power. The Electoral College ensures that we always have a clear result, which is extremely important. Now you could argue that the Electoral College gives more power to states with fewer people. That's because every state gets the same number of electoral votes as they have members of Congress. You have two guaranteed electoral votes from the senators, and then the rest are based on population. But because it's not all based on population, states with fewer people end up having a little bit more uh, disproportionate power. So for example, Wyoming has one-sixth of one percent of the total of the U.S. population. One-sixth of one percent. Now compare that to their proportion of electoral votes, which is about half of one percent. One-sixth of one percent versus half of one percent. Now when you get to the bigger states, the difference that those two senators make gets smaller because the total number gets bigger. But that advantage is offset by the winner-take-all policy that most states play by. Because candidates need the big states to win, they're not going to neglect them just because they have slightly fewer electoral votes per capita because they have a greater number of total electoral votes. So it pretty much evens out. Keep in mind also that you're not voting directly for president, you're voting for electors. And those are people who promise to vote for the person who you want to be president. They meet on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December in each state. Don't ask me why they settled on that date, it makes no sense to me. And while there's no constitutional requirement for an elector to vote how the voters want them to, in more than half of the 50 states, uh, there are provisions that say that electors can be fined or that uh, they can be made to pledge that they will vote in accordance with the voters of that state. This is a weird way of doing things. Yeah, no doubt about that. Ah, here we are. This line is really long. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why less than 60% of people voted in 2012. It's also one of the ways that some states are trying to manipulate elections. 
By reducing the number of polling places in certain districts, state legislatures and boards of elections can artificially suppress voter turnout in places that tend to vote against the state majority. This is a real problem, and a recent Supreme Court case, Shelby County v. Holder, opened the door for more abuse like this to take place. That's horrible. Isn't it? I mean, if it were up to me, voting would be mandatory like it is in Australia. How can you force people to vote? That sounds a little authoritarian. But you aren't forced to vote. You just have to pay a fine in your taxes if you choose not to. And if it would make more people pay more attention and take more ownership of the process, I think it would be worth it, but that's just me. What about people who don't have the time to wait online? Like if you have work all day and then have to pick up your kids. Or people who work two jobs. In some states, you're out of luck. But in others, like right here in New York, you're entitled to up to two hours of paid time off just to vote. Just make sure you let your employer know at least two days before the election that you need time off. Hey, it's your turn. You're up. Name, please. Laura the Robot. Address? 11101 Solid State Drive, Brooklyn, New York. I'm sorry, but you're not in our registered voter logs. But, but... Ask her for a provisional ballot. Can I please fill out a provisional ballot? Sure, here you go. If anything goes wrong at the polling place, like if they lost your registration or if you recently moved, you can fill out a provisional ballot or an affidavit ballot. Will my vote be counted just the same? Well, it depends on the state. In just about every state, an election official will take all the provisional ballots, make sure they're valid, and that those who filled them out were, in fact, eligible to vote. In some states, they only do that if the normal ballot results are close enough that the provisional ballots would change the result. In some states, provisional ballots are only counted for federal elections, and the statewide votes are not counted. But they're still worth filling out. It's not just about making sure your candidate wins, it's about taking full advantage of your right to vote. Remember, people died for this right. But what if someone uses provisional ballots to vote multiple times? Well, that's what the election officials are for. When you sign a provisional ballot, you agree that you haven't voted yet, that you should be allowed to, and that you're telling the whole truth under penalty of perjury. Otherwise, you've committed election fraud, which could land you in jail for five to ten years, depending on the state. Okay, I'm all done with my ballot. Now what? Now the election workers put it in a locked box underneath the voting machine. Here's a fun fact. In New York, every polling place must have an equal number of Republican and Democrat poll workers. What if not enough people from one of the party's volunteers? They're actually not volunteers. They get paid around $200 for their day's work. And if they can't have an equal number of registered Republicans and Democrats in one polling place, they'll basically just say you pretend to be the other party for today. Is there anything that isn't weird about elections? Not really. Sigh. Okay, what happens next? Well, your ballot will be sent with all of the regular ballots to the local board of elections, where they'll tally the votes from all the polling places in this area. For electronic votes, this is all done on the computer. What if there's a glitch in the computer? After each local elections board has the result, but before they send it up to the state board, they audit the result. They take a random sample of 3% of the votes and confirm that the computer got them right. If the computer messed up, they'll run it again, and then they'll audit it again. If it keeps messing up, they'll just manually count all of the ballots. Okay. 
Once the local board is satisfied with their result, they send it up to the state, who compiles the numbers from all the local boards. They also deal with any issues that the local boards report. So if there is an issue and the local folks were satisfied that it was resolved, the state board can still send it back and say, nope, you didn't do a good enough job, count them again. And then that's it, right? Once the state board has all the votes, they send their electors to vote and then we have a new president. Yeah, basically, but after every election, there's another, more complete audit. That way the process can be improved for the next time around. Overthrowing the government sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it is for the government, but not for you. You just have to vote. Thanks for listening to The Sausage Makers, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this little dramatization. Hopefully your election day goes smoothly. My good friend Ashley Shiro says that she wants 10 more episodes stat, and I'm going as fast as I can. The next episode is coming out in two weeks, and it's about the federal budget. We'll be talking to a budget analyst who's going to help us understand the least understood part of the government and tell us how he thinks we can make the federal budget process better. Like our page on Facebook for episode updates, related links, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Sausage underscore Makers. Give us a call at 4233-SSG-MKR, 423-377-4657. Check out the show notes on our website for some more info on the electoral process as a whole, how it varies from state to state, and resources for making sure your election day goes smoothly. Last but not least, happy Happy voting. voting.